Welcome back to The Last Post for the issue of Saturday, February 2nd. I'm your host, Andrew Carey, and you're listening to The Last Post podcast, bringing you this week's news in bite-sized portions. Remember, you can keep up to date with all Limerick news on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Limerick Post and hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted and on LimerickPost.ie. In this week's edition, our front page lead story looks at the nurses' strike, which has dominated a lot over this week. I'm now joined by my news editor, Jerry Collison. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Andrew. You want to tell us about the impact that the nurses' strike has had on uh, patients and Limerick area? Yeah, it's been fairly extensive. Um, there have been uh, 700 outpatient appointments and 120 scheduled surgeries cancelled at the University of Hospitals group. Um, they are um, experiencing even longer delays in the emergency department and uh, that was with 59 already 59 patients already on trolleys um, so it's been fairly significant and it's right across UHL the maternity hospital St John's and in Croom and we've got some more dates expected of uh, stoppages we have indeed yes and it looks like as if the sides are so far apart that that could very well happen and uh, yeah, it's something that is a distinct possibility at this stage. Um, staying with our front page, you see some uh, news of social media fueling these um, vicious attacks. It looks like you know people are using phones to record and share uh, stories of fights. Bernie wrote about this. Yeah, this is this this is a particularly sinister one. It involves uh, Snapchat, which is uh, more or less the platform of preference for a lot of uh, the younger people. And uh, Gardaí are involved now at this stage. It was raised by a uh, Mealy councillor, Cahill Crow, who's also a local school teacher. And um, he has been telling Bernie English that they, uh, a lot of the people involved in this, a lot of the young people, some as young as 12, um, are there wearing school uniforms from Limerick and schools in South Clare. And um, a lot of the local landmarks are included. So that more or less convinced him that, uh, yeah, this was coming a lot from Limerick and uh, it's quite vicious and quite worrying. There were videos of fights but there was also seemingly videos of attacks of random people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true, the you know, kids coming from school. Um, there was also one of a kid as young as 12 um, being uh, viciously assaulted while he was uh, just playing with his PlayStation. Um, just seems to be unbelievable at this stage. Yeah, it's worrying stuff, a, a trend that we don't want to see. Um, in some lighter news, um, some A-list celebrities mm, come yeah. to Limerick? Or, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't mind uh, being able to golf myself if it were just for to see the likes of Mark Wahlberg and Hugh Grant, um, who've been teed up to play in uh, next year's J.P. McManus Pro-Am at Adair, um, next year being uh, 2020. Um, so the boys apparently are two uh, avid golfers and they'll be joining up with the likes of Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy and Farid Harrington as well as the world court number one Justin Rose. So it looks like as if it'll all be happening out in a dare. Uh, we don't know the date yet of the, of the Pro-Am but um, as we say we'll keep you posted. Uh, uh, always a star-studded affair, <laughs> very good. Um, some more news, um, Alan Jakes writes about the council told to move uh, from nine to five tourism. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, Alan uh, has a report from last Monday's uh, meeting of the county and city council, 
And uh, in that, uh, we have uh, Jerry O'Dea, the Fianna Fáil uh, councillor and uh, Limerick City publican. And he's, he's making a bit of sense about the fact that um, the tourism offering has to be more flexible. Uh, it has to operate as more than just a nine to five uh, set up. Uh, he feels that uh, attractions like the Limerick City Museum, uh, it's not much good. It's just been opening from 10 in the morning until five in the evening from Monday to Friday, when in fact a lot of people would probably want to visit there in the evening times and certainly at the weekends. And um, there was also a, a, a question about um, the, the uh, city uh, art gallery as well, that more could be, more could be made of that um, to attract uh, people to the city. It's, a, it's like as if a lot of people are singing off the same hymn sheet when it comes to attracting uh, visitors and people back into the city. There's other stories in the paper. Fianna Fáil TD Willie O'Dea is calling for a cinema to be opened in the city it would draw people in. Um, a local election Labour candidate is looking for you know a good quality of development over at Cleves Bank. So you know Councillor D probably isn't off the mark and when he's making sense there. Oh no, there, there, there was a lot of support for his for his proposal, and um, you know also uh, there were several suggestions about um, having perhaps a uh, duty tourism officer, somebody that would be there to inform people in the evenings and at the weekends. It does seem to make a bit of sense, but you know, you'll have to see if the resources will be made available. That, I guess it's the big deal. Sticking um, with council reports, um, Alan is also writing about how the council were told to start recouping a loan that was given recently. Yeah, Alan has been certainly a very busy bunny over the week. Uh, seemed to get a lot out of the, out of the council meeting last Monday. Yeah, uh, one of the things was the council had been told quite clearly just to get the finger out and uh, to, to, to get back a loan of uh, 150 grand that they gave to the GA to stage the uh, National Geographic concert in the Gaelic grounds. That was last September, and um, it came to head uh, over the fact that this money was now needed to go to uh, a series of concerts that are being organised by DMV Productions, that's Dolan's to you and I, uh, who'd be staging a series of concerts over the June bank holiday weekend. Um, concerts would be down at the docks, and uh, there'd be about three and a half thousand people at each of the concerts, it's estimated. and. Uh, the RT concert orchestra is already lined up, so you know you might have them all there in their tuxedos and the dock, and very little happening unless the money comes back. And we don't know the GA to be short of any few bob, so is there a chance that this could be recouped before, or are we well, in a holding pattern? Given the given the fact, we'll say maybe that uh, there's been a major distraction with the with the All Ireland, and in fairness to them, I suppose their attention may have been elsewhere. You know, you couldn't blame them for that, but I'm sure um, they'll come up with the goods in, in, in good time for, for McDowell to stage his concerts on the docks. Uh, great stuff, Jerry. Looks like an, uh, a bumper-filled edition uh, this week. Loads of news. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. I'm now joined by our digital news editor, uh, Keen Reinhardt, who met recently with Limerick singer-songwriter Emma Langford for a special podcast interview. I think you had another guest. I think Breezy joined you. Right, Andrew, how are you getting on? Uh, yeah, myself and Emma were joined by my eight-year-old uh, Cavalier King Charles Breezy. Emma met him previously at a Limerick Mental Health event and we, we had a photo opportunity. <laughs> but uh, Emma came in to chat to me for... Uh, 
we are Limerick. It's the, the another podcast that we run here at Limerick Post, where I get to meet people from Limerick City and County who are making Limerick a, a great place for people to live. And Emma is one of those as a, an award-winning singer-songwriter. Yeah, and she speaks to you on her music and her love of dogs, etc. Exactly, yeah. And uh, there's an audio clip here, so you, you get to see her passion for it all. I didn't expect to be able to do it. I didn't expect it to happen as quickly as it happened. Um, and I certainly didn't expect it to, like, be the first step on the path I've been on since, if you get me. Like, that EP kind of came... It, it almost felt like a kind of a project or an experiment to see, can I do this? Yeah, that looks like a, a, a an interesting interview and, and Emma being so... Um, proud of her her roots uh, and and Limerick yeah and I think that comes across in her music and her, her music videos that the video for closed book was made around Limerick City showing various uh, places and people and, and a lot of faces that you would notice from around the town yeah and it really shines through in her work um, you've a full page interview in the newspaper um, and you also have the podcast on there and all of those links can be found online yeah and there's a QR code in the paper there to bring you to the, the podcast online and bring you to the Limerick Post website I also see in the paper there there's an interview with Shane O'Neill by yourself is this part of a bigger series? yeah we've started to do this series um, of profile interviews with company CEOs decision makers and people from around the region um, who speak about their own work, their company, their own profile, um, and a look at the Midwest and business in, in its whole. And, and our first one kicks off with um, Shane O'Neill, uh, a former Sliger footballer uh, who has come down to Shannon uh, in 2015, and he's now heading up Atlantic Aviation Group. And Shane was speaking about how competitive the market is when looking to recruit people and also about the buoyancy in the aviation industry but equally so how their HR team are now going and using the quality of life that can be attained in Midwest as a selling tool to join AAG. Uh, here's what Shane had to say. The market is very very tight for resources um, and our team is actually travelling, our HR recruitment team is travelling to the UK on, on Sunday to go to a recruitment fair Monday and Tuesday. Unfortunately, a big MRO over there has just recently collapsed and there's a lot of resources that are floating about. So we want to go over and try and grab a few of them. And one of the one of the tactics they're using is to showcase the Midwest, the quality of life, the work-life ba- balance that we get here yes. as, 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 as a tool. And um, it has worked for us. We have attracted people from the east. We have attracted people internationally back into the region. Thanks, Kian. Um, it's uh, exciting times for these new profiles. So we'll be seeing these every week, I hope. I'm now joined by uh, Sporting Limerick journalist um, John Keogh, who's here to talk about the latest in sports. How are you, John? Great. Listen, um, we had a Limerick back to winning ways against Wexford. It was a close call, but um, they're now set up for a, a battle against Tipperary. Yeah, a huge game against Tip coming Saturday in the Gaelic grounds, but just a bit on Wexford. Both teams reduced to 10 or to 14 men after 15 minutes or so. I think Limerick had a few gears to go up if they needed to. They won by three points in the end when Wexford put on the pressure in the last 10 minutes. Limerick responded a lot more in the tank. They won't be overly happy with the performance. No, they'll admit that themselves very quickly. But a win is a win is a win, as they say. Uh, they're champions, obviously. You know, They're going to be a scalp. They're going to be this kind of uh, target for everybody. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't 
but they got the win, right? Yeah, and that's all that matters this time of year. There's no relegation, Division 1A and B this year, it's staying this way this season, next season. So as Kieran Carey talks this week in our front page of Sport and Limerick Post, that the edge is gone a bit, but there's every there'll be an edge this this Saturday between Limerick and Tip. No doubt, as Kieran says, that Tipperary will be gunning for Limerick. What do we know about what's going to happen at the weekend? Or yeah, look, look, Tip Tip had a very comfortable win over Clare last week. They'll be taking the league very seriously, more so than maybe a lot of other teams, because Liam Sheedy's back in charge of them. He'll want to win every game. He'll be blood and players, but we'll still want to win every game. Limerick will just want to keep 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 winning. Winning breeds another winning mentality each time you win. Um, John Kiley has a very strong squad as ever. There was much vaunted squad last year when they won the All-Ireland. They'll be looking to be, look, it's a, tip, it's a, it's a local derby. It's going to be a big game. Uh, a look to the footballers. Footballers had a great win last weekend in London. A good one-point win in Division 4, lowest division. It is their level. They'll admit that themselves. Playing Waterford, the only team to beat in the league last year in Newcastle West on Sunday. They'll be expecting another win. It'll be a great start to their season for two wins out of two. Yeah, Limerick GA on the up. Um, if we continue on with the sports news, Gary Owen had a little victory there against yeah. Shannon last week. We'll be delighted with that one, Andrew. Slightly. Yeah, <laughs> huge win in Thomond Park for Gary Owen. The previous time they played last no, last December, um, it was a very tight, late win for Gary Owen. Shannon dominated a lot of that game in Doradile, but there was only one winner last Friday in Thomond Park, and Gary Owen blitzed them from from the off. Effectively, huge win for Gary Owen. Keeps them forward in the AL table. Shannon are fifth, they're still having a great return to 1A. Bigger worry for the other 1A side is Young Munster now second from bottom. They're five points clear of Ternure, but they've lost their last four. In fairness, it was the Clantarf and Carcon double over Christmas and the break. Worrying, but I think Munster should be okay to get out of a very good back line. Or hasn't been with them. No, they're playing against the top teams. Look, I've seen them a couple of times. They're very, very good backline. They're missing a couple of players up front. Finine Whiterly, who's starring for Munster now, being a big loss to them this year. I think they have enough to get out of it, but the problem is now losing run. It's very hard to break that. Um, AIL is taking a break until middle of February. February 15th, 16th. Focus turns now to the Six Nations. It does. The, the Irish team, as Tom Savage writes this in, in, in the post this week, Ireland are now a scalp for every team. They're viewed as New Zealand's closest rivals. You know, they're they've won the Six Nations champions. They beat New Zealand again in November. The provinces are going well. All four provinces qualifying for the knockout stages in Europe. But it doesn't get much better than that at the moment for Ireland. England this weekend, it's it's usually around Paddy's Day. It's the first game this week. Yeah. England have been saying all the right things. and saying Ireland are boring, they're this, they're that. Set up for a cracker. England were dealt an injury blow then as well. During the week, um, it looks like two laggies going to start. This is going to be another clash. Yeah, Benteo, former Leinster player, looks to be ruled out. Tulangi, look, if if, if Manu Tulangi is fit, he's a massive danger. And Ireland left looking. There's talk today in a, in a lot of nationals that Robbie Henshaw could be playing fullback and keeping Bondiaki and Leinster sent to Rick Gary Ringros in the mid midfield. So if Henshaw, I think, is the natural progression after, even though he plays in the centre for Leinster, he's a progression takeover from Garney. Bench is probably going to be key, right? Yeah, huge, huge. 60 minutes there, you're going to see him unload, and then if it's a tight game, it'll come down to that. Um, have you news on local soccer? Yeah, Limerick FC, Shane Tracy has signed on for another season. He's been a huge stalwart now. He had a testimonial last year, or the year before, 
his 12th season with Limerick FC it'll be it's a big boost as an experienced player to go with a lot of younger players in the squad that have signed up look it's going to be a struggle for Limerick FC in the first division no matter what that's a given look it, it's not great Owen Weirin's another player to have left Owen Weirin was arguably Limerick's best player last season he's gone up north to the Irish League it's going to be a big struggle but look a little bit of a positive news which has been rare in the off-season. Thanks John, um, as usual our sports coverage is brought to you in partnership with Sporting Limerick. Uh, there's much more sports news available beyond the print edition over on limerickpost.ie. Uh, thanks again John. Cheers Andrew. Entertainment editor Eric Fitzgerald is back to me again. Hi Eric. Hi there Andrew, how are you getting on this evening? Great, um, you caught up with London comedy act Chris Kent. Chris Kent, yeah, um, he's a Cork man now based in London and a fabulous comedian and uh, he is coming to Dolan's actually this Friday, February the 1st and I had a great chat with him. Um, he would, he's been around actually a good few years and he's done six full shows that he's brought to Edinburgh. So he's, um, he actually has a lot of material and he's very, very sharp and uh, I think life lately has taken a bit of a turn for him because he's, uh, he's married and he's a dad and he's a two-year-old kid. So the material kind of reflects where he is in his life now and he, he just calls his two-year-old son gold because he's getting so much material from him. And uh, he's, a fu- he's a funny guy, he's got great stories and um, he's definitely well worth checking out uh, this Friday. And he brought up some good points on, on the comedy scene uh, in Cork and in Limerick and in London as well. And that we, had, we had a good chat about that that you can see in the paper this week. Um, it looks like there's a there's a vibrancy coming to that comedy scene. It's really it's very interesting. Since last November, um, you know, we would have been lucky if we had one comedy show in town maybe every week, but things have started to take off in a big way. Um, so the likes of Carl Spain is doing a regular weekly show on Wednesdays down in Dolan's, bringing in guest comedians. And uh, obviously we have the, the likes of Jason Byrne, he's practically sold out, he's coming in a couple of weeks time. And you have venues like Mother Max Bar, and they are doing a monthly comedy night, and it's free in, and it's for guys kind of on the first rung, second rung of the ladder, just starting out and trying out material for the first time. And on top of that, uh, Tom O'Mahony, from UL was was talking to me about the fact that they are running their comedy night out there as well and that's called Punchline Comedy Club so in UCH what they've done there is they've taken the UCH 1000 seater uh, arena they have put up some dividers up there and the dividers bring it down to a 350 capacity venue so now they can bring yeah the likes of Dave McSavage and stuff like that and guys from the Savage Eye and I think they're doing a Father Ted night next but the point of all this is, like, in the last month or two, there has been comedy and multiple comedy gigs coming per week. And it's great for the city, and it's definitely a boost. Maybe it's to do with the economy is picking up a little bit, or maybe people just need a bit of a laugh because the news is no fun anymore. And um, Chris, kind of, on the back of all that, like, the, the amount of comedians we have coming through, um, on the back of that, Chris came up with a very interesting thing. He was wondering, why don't we in Ireland have a TV stand-up show, like live at the Apollo, you know, the one on BBC, bring on three comedians just doing maybe 10 minutes of their best stuff. And he's kind of curious as to why um, television here in Ireland hasn't picked up on doing one with our own native comedians. So it's interesting to see whether people would actually pick up on that, you know. 
Uh, maybe that's something you could follow up on at a later stage in a production sure. capacity. Um, moving on, post-punk podge and the techno hippies. Yeah, we have some great music for you this week and uh, we got some good edgy stuff. These guys, um, I've been watching them for ages. Um, they're probably, they're, they start out as a two-piece, so probably three, four-piece depending. And uh, post-punk, um, they are kind of crowd rock, punk rock. Uh, there's a small bit of trad thrown in there and there's probably, you know, he plays the violin um, as, and there's a touch of electro. So they have an EP out and uh, that's that's in the local shops at the moment, but will be coming out uh, online pretty soon. But in the meantime, they've given us a video and a brand new single because um, he's prolific punk podge, really, in fairness, he's constantly producing stuff. So this track is called Government Security and it's kind of relating to the Garda raid on uh, Frederick Street uh, last September, which was occupied by housing rights activists. So, Punk Podge, he tells it like it is, you know, and doesn't hold back. And this is, uh, yeah, pretty strong stuff from him, you know. And he is touring around the country and he will be in Cork and Dublin and he's coming back to Pharmacia on April the 7th. And this track uh, is called um, Government Security. I think Keen is going to line up a piece for us. Um, you also have news from Kakamals. Kakamals, um, yeah, so just into the inbox uh, this week uh, came uh, rapper Kakamals and uh, she has been working with Hazy Hayes. We were talking about Hazy Hayes just a couple of weeks ago for the summer in Ireland, uh, five videos and one that's touring around the country at the moment. Kakamals has come along, she's just 20 years of age. She was working with Hazy Hayes on his latest EP and now she's come out with a track of her own. And like she is such a fresh voice and it's a fantastic video. Uh, the, the track is called Close to Death. Again, um, beautiful flow, telling it exactly like it is. She's not holding back at all on this one. It's very dark, but very funny. I mean, she's talking about She's bringing love and suicide into one song and it's a dark, funny story. The video, you have to see it. It's wonderful production, straight out of Limerick and uh, Kakamals and it's close to death. And I hope you enjoy listening to this one. Because without that you'll be kicked off the list. You got the look of a fat Japanese surgeon who's urgent to squeeze on the lemon till it's squirted. Was it worth it? My mind is in a boggle from the chaos in the brothel. Okay, Eric, as, uh, as ever, it's been hugely entertaining to it have you in. fantastic, and I'll tell you, and it, it, hopefully now you get to enjoy those tracks. And I just got a small bit of news that just popped in, actually, just before I came in here. And that's Wild Youth. Everyone's talking about them. They're the, the new up-and-coming uh, pop band in Ireland. And they are going to be signing and uh, doing meet and greets uh, tomorrow in uh, Golden Discs out in uh, the Crescent and that is from 4 to 5 p.m. so there'll be uh, signing stuff and taking pictures of people and that's a uh, wild youth at the Crescent. Thanks very much for joining me Eric. Um, the art scene as we know is quite vibrant and Rose Rush is back to join me for um, this week's installments of Arts News. You're very welcome Rose. Andrew thank you for the invitation. Um, you're going to talk to me about 24-hour plays Limerick. Yes, this is a night of theatre like you will never have met before unless you were at the inaugural stint last year. 
It's a concept introduced to Limerick by the innovative Marquetta Dowling. She's a programme manager in, in Belltable. Another thing she introduced to Limerick is that Belltable's unique relationship outside Dublin with the IFI, that Monday films are, are screened every Monday in the year. In this instance, it's a paid for exercise, so professionals are invoked here. 17 actors, five directors, five playwrights. They're sort of locked in together, various stages of a 24 hour period, beginning uh, this Friday evening at 9 p.m. Marquetta reckons five new plays will have emerged. They'll be cast, they'll be rehearsed, the tech will be done on them, they'll be costumed and rolled out for read the audience art election um, on Lime Tree Theatre stage at 8pm on Saturday, finishing hopefully 9pm Saturday night. The 24-hour plays Limerick open and shut in that time frame. Wow, that's a serious challenge. I was around last year and to say the atmosphere in the smaller venue then at Bell Table was as tight as a drum was something else. The electricity just almost blistered the seats. What kind of names are we looking at behind this? Okay, I'll begin with the directors because they're all high-end, all experienced. We're looking at Island Theatre's Terry Lynn. We're looking at Curita Tobin of Wild Beast Theatre, Liam O'Brien of Bottom Dog Theatre Company, Jean McGlynn and Norma Lowney. All of them top-notch, all of them professional in the work they do. It looks like an exciting event. It's, it's astonishing. I would hate to be behind the scenes in that crucible. I was asking Marquette in an interview, um, how did she feel as she's, she's co-producer with Mike Zadonahue in this? What was it like for her emerging at the other side of this, bat out like cartridge? And she's just so honest. She looked at me, shook the ceiling and she broke into a laugh. And she said she was so exhausted she couldn't even join the posse for the celebratory gargle afterwards. She just wiped. So that's its effect on them. We, the audience, were treated to seeing the potential and the ability, and maybe potential inability, of what Limerick professionals can do under such a tight screw. As I said, it's an interesting read. You have that as the lead of your arts page um, in this week's edition. Talk to me about the Abbey Fisherman. Okay, John O'Regan is a dyed-in-the-wool Limerick man. He's a broadcaster, he's a writer. Even if you don't know his face, you'll have known his name forever. From writing programme notes, album sleeve notes, interviews. He's a, a veteran music writer and broadcaster with respect to Irish music. Celtic rock, all of that trad. He's uh, astonishing in his field. He began this series of exploratory talks on aspects of inner city Limerick history. St Mary's is his territory, the venue this Friday for a social talk with scones, with tea, with introductions all out. That's 1pm this Friday, Friday, February the 1st in the Widow's Am Houses, the heart of St Mary's. And his topic this week is the life and times of the Abbey Fishermen. That's, uh, that sounds very interesting indeed. Um, if we move on, I think you're going to speak about Voices from the Edge and some unique events there. Yeah, we're going to finish on a lofty note, literally. On Valentine's night, it's a night that a lot of people feel ambivalent about whether you're loved up or not. I think everybody loads the commerce, but we all feel it is an occasion. There's a motivation to be something or do something. Take yourself under the vaulted rafters made with cracklow wood of St. Mary's Cathedral and under those five chandeliers in perfect working order that date from the 1700s, 
you will hear St. Uh, Mary's Cathedral welcome in the Irish Chamber Orchestra, a programme of four composers led by one of them, Jorg Widman, clarinetist composer. He leads his posse on the stage. And Charlotte Eglinton has got in touch to say there will be a glass of wine for everybody in the audience. Mm, well, there's there an enticing go. little invite. Mm. Listen, Rose, it's been wonderful again. Thank you very much for, for joining us on this week's podcast. Oh, pleasure. So this has been The Last Post and I've been your host, Andrew Carey. I'd like to thank my guests, Eric Fitzgerald, Rose Rush, and news editor, Jerry Collison, and producer and our digital editor, Keen Reinhardt, for their work and help in producing these podcasts. For more news, sport, entertainment, home and living, pet news, and much, much more, make sure you turn to the Limerick Post every Thursday in print and online at limerickpost.ie and through all our social media channels. We really are keeping Limerick posted. <laughs>